Hello and welcome back to the FEZ show. My name is Jack George Maynard and in the UK currently we're going through quite a bit of a tropical climate but the two people that are joining me on the show today know all about tropical climates because Mr Pickering, Jack Pickering, he's been in Indonesia for the Jakarta E-Pri and someone who is a resident of uh, Indonesia and Jakarta is Aisha Daulai. How are we this afternoon? It's it, like it's still hot, still hot. I mean, like it's hot here, but it was the same there, but add the humidity. So, yeah. Um, you say that I've adjusted to heat. I will never adjust to heat. I will moan when it gets to seventeen degrees. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, no, good to be back. Oh, Aisha, probably if you were in the UK right now, you probably want to put a coat on and some gloves on. How are you? I think in Jakarta, it's still the same. It's still very tropical, but luckily for us, it's rainy season. So it's not as hot as the Jakarta E-Prix because as you can see, I still have like 10 lines and everything from the event, even though I live here, raised and born actually, but like, it's still very hot that day. Um, it's an honor to be joining you guys for the first time. This is also my very first Formula Eason show. So I was actually kind of nervous at first. Like uh, I told my friends, like, what if I cannot speak English suddenly, but, um, I think it's all good now. I really hope that it went well. So yeah, so good to be having you guys for uh, my first ever Formula Eason show again. Honestly, your English is probably as good as ours, right? Straight away off the back, right? Um, it, it's fine, don't worry. And I'm sure you'll learn very quickly with the FEZ show, we just talk Formula E. We all love Formula E, everyone who listens, everyone who watches. So I am sure um, it will be fine. But the first thing I want to talk about, and Pika, I'm going to come to you first on this, okay, is obviously there was a lot of political, like, for over this Jakarta Pre. You know, we were getting tons and tons of messages um, in the lead up in the years before about corruption in Jakarta and so forth. But I just want to get your perspective as someone who's an outsider first, who came into that event. How, how was it perceived? Was there a lot of sort of anger against it was were you welcomed with open arms like how was your experience well firstly i just want to say is this person who mounts the twitter um the amount of notifications that i did get tagging formula e zone in stuff about jakarta um i we are just a media outlet we do not <laughs> i i i so yeah i mean that all, all this political stuff it's not really my forte but um uh from from what i could tell the, the the event was a relative success um i think the track was really really cool i thought the race was uh the race was good i think we expected a little bit more and like because we thought oh the humidity and the heat will affect the batteries the 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 uh, and also keeping tire temperatures in check and and then the threat of rain as well, we thought it's possible. There was actually a crack of thunder about uh, an, uh, an, an hour before the race, both uh, Aisha and I were in pit lane at that point, um, and, but nothing emerged from it. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I really enjoyed the event. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was very hot and humid and, uh, and speaking to the drivers afterwards, um, I think everyone is the agreement. We want to come back, but can we come back when it's a little bit cooler? Aisha, obviously you were covering um, for Formula Reason, you were following sort of the story um, in Indonesia, obviously with a lot of 
political protest that was going on um, beforehand. How did you, as a, as a native, find, how, how did you, how did the event sort of take place? Was it a good event? Did you think it was a success in, in, a, as a, in a whole? I think it was like a really big success for all of us uh, motorsport fans, but not for the polit like the heated up political um, situation right now, because I think there are a lot of people who are unhappy about how successful the event is and trying to get like the, what do you call it again? Like the bad side from the event, because I think there was like a fire shortly after uh, the EPRIX, but no one actually wanted to show that, especially like the journalists in Indonesia, because someone actually said that um, they got paid to not write those kind of news because the political situation in here is really dangerous, knowing there are like, um, like they're knowing there are groups and there are like so many news as well about like those people who are in the events because Indonesians are not really that familiar with Formula E, uh, not until days before the event. So they they actually got paid and like free tickets from like this promoters uh, who are like the icons or like important political figures in uh, Jakarta. So I think it's really dangerous in terms of talking about like the political events, especially with the budgets uh, that I was talking before the show started. Uh, the budget initially was supposed to be like 68 million rupiah. I don't really know how to convert it to like uh, GBP, but it's as much as that in rupiah and then they change it again to like 128 million rupiah. So it's pretty dangerous in terms of like talking about that, but the event is really great. I think it's a success. Um, it's one of my favorites. Like my first on the list was supposed to be Singaporean Grand Prix, my very first uh, race event, but then they changed to like Jakarta Eprix because I told Pico as well that all of the people in Formula e are so nice and they're all are very welcome about it. Um, I've been to like a handful of Grand Prix weekend, but this is probably the best in terms of like hospitality, fan experiences and all of, and I, I have just found out that all the Formula E drivers are very welcoming and nice to their fans. So it's a really good um, perspective for me and Pico, because Pico has been to like a lot of Formula E races. Um, this is a really great first time experience in Jakarta Apex. So yeah, I think I would say that. So 68 million Indonesian rupees, as you said there, Aisha, it equates to about 3.7 million pounds. So I suppose, Pico, in terms of why that political battle happened prior to the event was, you know, Jakarta, they were saying, you know, you've got so many poor people in a sense that people are living in poverty. And is it right spending 3.7 million on an event such as um, the Jakarta E-Pri, the correct use of that money? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I mean, we, we, we've seen other races, so like the Canadian E-Prix that happened a few years ago that was allegedly something along the lines of 24 million or something like that. Um, I think Canadian, so Canadian dollars, so I think that is about something along the lines of like 12, 15 million pounds or something like that. So, um, so yeah, you know, it, it, it is understandable. I mean, uh, we will. Uh, I, I don't want to get too political, but we all have governments and they don't usually spend the money wisely. So, um, yeah, you could say the same way in England. But anyway, I want to talk about the track because and obviously 
talk about the success of the event. You know, Formula Re, Aisha's, they put out the statement saying that, you know, 13.4 million people watched it live on the free-to-air TV across across the day. And obviously there were 60,000 fans um, in the stands as well. So it was a sellout event. So in terms of it being a success that way, the event, that, you know, that's pretty good. It is pretty good. I mean, it's supposed to be good because uh, compared to like Mandalika, which is like another big event that's in, in Indonesia, like the budget is like way higher. Wait, no, actually Formula E's budget is like way higher than Mandalika, keeping in mind that it's a MotoGP event and it's a Formula e event that's supposed to be cheap. So like, uh, I think this event is highly well, what do you call it again? Um, I think this event is highly influenced by this. In terms of like how successful the event is, it's really successful. What's what's like bad about the event is so like I visited the circuit just a few days before the event. The stands are not even ready, especially with the roof there are uh, that falls down because of the wet weather. Uh, the, the stands are not even ready. Uh, stands like the Fire Girls on Track um, area or the Alliance E-Village area are not even ready just like a day before the event which is not fully prepared yet but in terms of the circuit itself uh i think it's good i talked to like this person who tested out the circuit for the very first time in this electric car he said that it's good but it's not as good as like mandalika or any other circuit that have like more funds or like more times to do it because it's very um like well it's in a sudden, because like we didn't really plan this out to be in Anjol. Anjol is like a really crowded place with like beaches, and then they also have a place for like the biggest theme park in Indonesia. So like thinking there will be like another circuit for Formula E, it's super crowded, and the tickets are also very cheap for Indonesian as well. They're not helping Indonesia's economy because with two hundred and fifty thousand rupiah you can go to Anjol and like all of the areas they are supposed to be like more expensive than the tickets so like um keeping in mind that you have like so many uh facilities into this area they're supposed to be more expensive than Formula E ticket which means that the Formula E race is free for all of the people to watch even though they cannot really come inside the circuit so I think it's pretty successful, but the track looks nice as well. Uh, some really said that it's bumpy. Uh, that's why I, I don't really pay attention to like the driver's interviews before that. But does any driver's complaints about how bumpy the circuit is or like how they will reduce the speed rather than uh, like compared to like other circuits? I don't I don't really know if it's that's like the initial problem, but the circuits are not ready and it's bumpy and it's also based on a bamboo or something. There are like so many news about it. So yeah. So to put it in perspective, that's a 250,000 rupees. It's about 13 pounds, a 13 pounds for, for a race ticket, which is, you know, yeah. even if you're looking at the London E Prix tickets, it's you know, the, the highest is a hundred pounds. So you know, so it's, it's far more expensive than, let's say, the Indonesian ticket. But what I thought was um, interesting as well, obviously, you talk about now the bumpiness of the track, obviously, I think we can probably get away with that because it's a street circuit, right? So obviously, street circuits are quite bumpy. So maybe even though it was quite new and freshly, they maybe they wanted to do something that sort of resembled a street track per se. But I remember us talking prior in, in the weeks before about, you know, how quickly this track was put together. Do you want to just, I should just give us a sort of a round of how quickly the track was put together? Because you said it was only done within, you know, a couple of months. Yeah, we were supposed to 
built the track in around Monas, which is like our national monument and also an icon to Jakarta city itself. So like if you visited that area in Monas, which is in um, Jakarta's old town, uh, so like they, they already have like constructors and they have also like ruined some parts of the national monument that means a lot to us. Uh, the track was supposed to build there, but there are a lot of people who complains about it and like how unworthy Formula E is if they want to make the track there. So like they refuse to do it, even though they have cut down like a lot of trees in the area. So like they change it to like Ancho, which is another part from Jakarta, even though it's kind of far. Um, the well, the location itself, I think it's too crowded, keeping in mind that they have like so many other facilities, plus they have to add a track there. It's like, uh, I mean, it's good for the people in Jakarta. They can just like access so many places in one place because they're only like a few kilometers away to like Indonesia's biggest team, team parks. And also um, they have like a small sea world there. So I think it's good as well, but for the area and for that budget, like for that amount, of budget that is like basically higher than Mandalika itself. I don't think it's worthy. Plus it's going to be temporary. So that's like from what I heard from the circuit, they only have like a three-year contract and they're going to change it again uh, somewhere in Jakarta. Because uh, if you see like the grade, I think it's three E or something. Um, so like, it's not really good circuit in terms of that. And it's only a temporary circuit, which is a waste of money. But like the people in Indonesia need the money more for like those floated areas for those people who are still struggling in economy. So I don't think it's wise, but since it's all about political situation that I don't really understand, maybe it's good for those important political figures who are going to be a president uh, in the next two years. So in terms of just to, to wrap the short story short, because the political side of things, unfortunately, right, it's like it's it's hard to separate sport and politics sometimes because we want sport. We want to talk about just what happened in Formula E and was it a great event? But when you know we've we've seen it in in Vancouver, Formula E and that race not happening, and, and it's just political side, but on the different spectrum, it's it's hard to it's hard to separate the two. But in this in in this sense, it seems like that it was more about spending that money to put, not say put Indonesia on the map, but sort of, you know, welcome, how like events are like the World Cup, for example, which Qatar will be doing and, and so forth. It's trying to open up and Saudi Arabia, what Saudi Arabia are doing in motorsport at the moment with Formula E and Formula One is sort of saying that, you know, come to us, we're, we're, we're open, you know, don't forget about us, come and visit our country. So do you think the whole reason that Formula E went to Jakarta was simply just to attract more tourists? I hope so. I hope that's the initial plan. Or maybe Formula E is added to like Jakarta so that we can have more international motorsport events. Because before Mandalika or before um, sports like MXGP, we don't have anything that's really interesting. So we don't have any tourists that are looking for like international events in Jakarta, even though it's a really good place. I mean, I wouldn't say Jakarta it's good because it's too crowded now. We have like so many events, so many um agenda to do so like maybe they can just like move it to some other parts of Indonesia they're like less crowded they need like more attention they, they need more tourists than Jakarta because we already have like enough foreigners in here um so I think it would be more wise to like move it to somewhere that is less crowded like Lombok for example because since the tsunami happened just like a few years before MotoGP was there 
uh, it helped a lot of like uh, the people who live there, like their economy and stuff. So I think it would be wise to move it in other place than Jakarta. But since Formula E like and their target is to basically get as many fans as they can to like popular cities, like talking about like Paris, for example, that's why Jakarta is ideal for them. But in terms of like the budget and everything, I don't think it's wise. Pico, thank you so much for your silence. We'll give Heisha's voice a little bit of a break. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the race because obviously the race was won by Mitch Evans and so forth. Just, just talk to me about the race at Central, how, how you found it and so forth. And, and obviously Mitch Evans doing really well, keeping his championship challenge alive. Well, yeah, it, it would it, from from my seat in the in the nice air conditioned media centre. It, it it was a uh, uh, it was a decent race. Yeah, obviously, I think uh, I think we expected a little bit more. There was the threat of rain uh, and heat, uh, and the heat and humidity might affect the battery and tires. I mentioned this earlier, so I'm going through it quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think it was an all uh, it was all right race, and I think we have now established the front runners in the, for this for this. Uh, for like the run to uh, to the final race of the year in Seoul, race 100 in Formula E's history. Um, yeah, it, we, we, we've established the top four. There's now only 12 points separating Van Dorn to Evans in, I think Evans is fourth still. Um, and I think Van Dorn's in the championship. Uh, Jack's looking it up, so he will confirm that once I finish speaking. But um, but uh, yeah, it's it, uh, I, I think we are, now on the final straight, we've only got four events left. We and they come thick and fast now. Marrakesh is at the start of July. Then we head to New York, middle of July, London, end of July, and then uh, Seoul, mid August. It's they, they they come thick and fast now. So it's going to be very very interesting to see um, how this unfolds. But the top four have now broken away. Robin Frines is now, I think. Um, Something along the lines of like twenty points off of that top four. Uh, of, uh, obviously, he had a disappointing weekend. He hit the wall in qualifying, meaning that he had to start at the back of the grid, and then um, uh, and then he could only make his way through to I think sixteenth or seventeenth. It, it was a, not a great day for uh, Envision Racing, but um, but uh, yeah, and then you've got another little bit of a gap to the rest of them all fighting. One thing that I did find interesting is. Uh, Andre Lotter is now ahead of Pascal Verlein in the championship, which is very interesting considering that Pascal's been the one who's been the Porsche's main driver basically this season. But um, yeah, it's it yeah the the, the event uh, I thought I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, please Formula E stop doing sessions at seven fifteen in the morning. I would like a lie it. Um, but, uh... Trust me, trust me. There has been many, many events. I, I, I honestly, I don't know why they start so early Formula E because you know, yeah. expecting fans to get in there early. But I do, I do mimic that sentiment in a sense, and or copy it. And I agree. Yeah. But you know, Formula E, they it used to start at half seven, eight o'clock when we used to have four o'clock races. But now that races start at three o'clock or sometimes even earlier, it's a bit yeah. manic. And then what's the point of buying a ticket if you can't watch the whole? event sometimes the ticket the gate the session starts especially in berlin right the session has already started or is starting as the gates open so you're not even in your seat 
and the sessions already start. I just find it crazy. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I, I did actually see an article. I think the race put out an article earlier this week saying, um, uh, saying about how, um, yeah, how they should be going for like more evening races and occasion. Maybe Berlin turn it into a little bit of a festival because Te Tempelhof. I mean, like Templehof has hosted some festivals over the years. Why not turn that into a festival like what Ca what Vancouver was trying to do um, uh, this season? But obviously, we have to wait till next year for that. But um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it, uh, Jakarta. It was fantastic. One thing that I would like to point out with the An Ankar re region. Um, you so. If you leave Angkor, you then need to pay to get back into Angkor. It's it could it's it's basically its own separate separate little area from the city, and so that so yeah, I I, I do understand why it's probably not the best location for um uh for Formula E. Um, but I I did really enjoy the track. The drivers enjoyed the track. Um, but yes, uh, as as I said at the top, I will echo the sentiments of the drivers love to go back but please when it's colder <laughs> when is it colder Aisha when is it colder I don't think it's ever going to be cold in Jakarta because usually it, it can get hotter than that you know <laughs> especially in Anjol because like I don't really know um in like Jakarta like for example just like the the main areas from Jakarta uh like the well Jakarta is a capital capital city but like Anjol is a bit up there I don't really know if you ever visited that area it's like hot but like it's different it's like a different kind of hot I don't really know I don't have any like reasons why they're it's like one that of, it's one of those places then it sounds like where people go on holiday and, and people are like oh it's it's a different kind of heat you go to india for example and people come it's like oh it was boiling it was but it was a different kind of heat it was like it was really dry when people come to i was having a conversation with someone actually yesterday who, who was from india and so when you go to india she said i don't sunburn when i go to india even though it's much hotter than the UK but when she comes to the UK she seems to sunburn she says it's just a different type of heat here which I thought is kind of funny so um whereas so it's amazing how the sun or the heat works in different ways but I suppose that's a different podcast for a different day so just to wrap up what was Pico sort of mentioning at the beginning so obviously it's Van Dorn still leads the championship on 121 points with Jean-Eric Verne in second for 116 then you've got Eduardo Mortara on 114 and then Propping up the rear of this sort of championship challenges is Mitch Evans in fourth with 109. And as Pico was saying, Robin Frimes is on 81 points. And it's a shame for him, really. Envision had the car potentially to, to challenge, but it's just kind of faded away. So what we're going to do now, just kind of have a quick chat. Um, Pico, I'm going to bring you back in on this. It's about Gen 3, um, because drivers are now starting to test the Gen 3 car and the public We'll get its first look at the Gen 3 car a couple of weekends time at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah, uh, obviously it's nice to see uh, it's nice to see it in the flesh. Uh, well, uh, well, it's nice to see it on track. I mean, I, 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 st I still haven't seen still haven't seen um, one of the uh, Gen 3 cars in person yet. Um, but uh, it's good to see them getting its run out. Uh, the Mahindra's getting a run out of Goodwood next weekend, which is really exciting. So we will get to see it run properly. Um, whereas we've just got stills from the likes of Porsche and Jaguar um, who, who, have, who have tested their, their, their cars so far. Um, 
but yeah, it 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 is getting to that stage because obviously the championship. Uh, well, we'll, we'll next year's season we'll be having testing again in November, and then we'll have the season kick off in Mexico um, in January, is what I've heard. So um, I, it's 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 not it's not much of an insight, but uh, there you go, Mexico, January. Um, That's interesting. Okay, I I don't know if you know the information on this, but you knew I was going to jump as soon as you said this. So, is there any specific reason why you think Saudi Arabia will not be hosting the? Because they, they, that was. I don't know. I genuinely they, they, don't know. Right. I was going to say, but let's let's discuss it because when they signed that contract, right, it was a ten-year contract that they had signed, yeah. and effectively to host the race to be the start of the season. So, off the top of your head, because yeah, I suppose you found out some exclusive news here, but um, the but. In terms of why do you think maybe Saudi Arabia might not be hosting the first race? I I genuinely don't know. I think um, uh, I'm not sure whether it's partly Formula E because obviously when we go to Saudi Arabia, we use the um, Arabian weekend, which is Friday and Saturday, not Saturday and Sunday. And so the opening race is 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 is, is on a Friday. Um, I'm not sure if that's potentially one of the reasons. Maybe. Um, they want to go a little bit um, further into the year because um, one thing that one thing that happens around that region, if if you go in the if you go in the winter months when the sun sets, it gets very cold. However, if you go further into the year uh, and the sun sets, it's still relatively warm. So that, so so that might be one of the reasons why they want to do that because obviously Diria is a night race. Um, so. That might be one of the reasons. Um, the weekend might be one of the reasons. We'll I don't to, know. We'll I'm plucking. I'm, yeah. I'm literally but plucking things out of thin air. I appreciate here. that. I appreciate that knowledge there, though, Pico. Uh, but we'll come back to the Gen Three sort of conversation. Um, obviously, it's great to see the cars out. We've had Nick Cassidy as well, um, sort of testing the Jaguar as well, and I think Porsche have also been doing some testing. Aisha, I'll, I'll come to you. What are you most excited to see about? with gen 3 you know now that we've seen the car like we'll be seeing the cars race obviously next season what are you most excited about for gen 3 i think there are a lot of things to be excited about in terms of talking about gen 3 especially deliveries because uh, i'm living for it i love those new liveries and new looks from teams but other than that i think the speed i think i've been wanting to see um, how fast these formula e cars can go with the new gen 3 power i think it's going to be like a lot more faster than Gen 2 cars because they have like a double capacity of speed in Gen 3. Um, I cannot, I also cannot wait to see how like how fast these Gen 3 cars can go in Jakarta's uh, street circuit, knowing how dangerous and like bumpy it is, blah, blah, blah. But I really hope that these Gen 3 cars could actually uh, make Formula E more interesting because there are a lot of talks on like how uh, Gen 3 is like the new era and like maybe one of the things that could make Formula E really interesting. Yeah, for me, it'll be interesting to see like how cleaner the racing potentially comes with Gen 3, because obviously the wheel covers have gone now. We all, is, Formula E was very touring car-esque. I'm sure Pico will agree to that statement. It was very touring car-esque. And, and maybe those days are behind us now, Pico. I hope not. I really enjoy the Robin is racing. It's like like fear to Formula E because we we only usually get that in stuff like BTCC DTM series like that. But to have it in an open wheel series as well, um, I think I, I, I that's what I really like about it. 
and the thing is they, they you, you can break a little bit of the car off and it will still you can still race it's it's, it's not like f1 where 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 you trim a little millimeter off the front wing and then you have to change your front wing or at least you do in the f1 game but um but it's it's that's what it's like in the f1 game but in real life it's a little bit you know if you trim a little bit off then you should be all right you're just slower um whereas it where Whereas if you do, where is it? If you do knock off part of part of the, if you knock off the wheel cover, you can still race re- relatively competitive, uh, competitively. Obviously, there are still like different things that will happen, but um, yeah, Gen Three, I'm really excited for it. I think the fact that yeah, as as uh, as I was saying, um, uh, the double capacity, uh, uh, like we we got the two batteries, which is going to be interesting, um. Yeah, and I and I hope this just brings like a new, uh, like a new field to Formula E, like the, and if we can go quicker, and I think we'll, there's more cities coming in next year. We're going to India for the first time. Uh, we're heading to Brazil. Um, yeah, I uh, I cannot wait. I think it's going to be a fantastic season. However, we still have seven races. We we've still got effectively half a season to go in Formula E, and we're already chatting about a Gen 3. It'll be here before you know it. But just to wrap up the show, they've got two things to do. We'll do a quick predictions for Marrakesh, but we'll talk, Pika, I'm going to come back to you. Marrakesh's uh, track times, a bit different. Maybe something that they're thinking about with this heat that you're saying, because obviously going to Marrakesh in July is going to be very, very hot in the desert in North Africa. So it looks like there's about a six-hour waiting time between the end of qualifying and the start of the race. Can you explain a bit more? Um, I think there's a multitude of reasons for this. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the, the main thing is we're going to Marrakesh in July. I don't know how a fat ginger like myself is going to cope in uh, Marrakesh in those in those sort of temperatures, um, especially if it's 32 degrees here in the UK. What is it going to be in Morocco? I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned about what that's going to be. Uh, but yes, uh, some, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be different um, because of the heat, but also the fact that it is the British Grand Prix. And I think Channel 4 have been a little bit um, because obviously uh, here in the UK, Channel 4 have the live rights to the British Grand Prix shared with Sky. Um, and so their entire day is going to be F1 and W series. And so the race is actually taking place at 5 p.m. in the evening. So it will be an hour after qualifying for the Formula One finishes, um, which leaves enough time for Steve and the team on Channel 4 to wrap up and then hand over to Vernon for the Formula E. Um, but, um, but because but there is this six-hour lull, qualifying finishes at 11 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday morning, I think just because it would just be too hot to uh, to go out at, at that point. So practice one is going to be on the Friday evening uh, at 5 p.m. Practice two, 7.30 um, in the morning on Saturday. Qualifying starts at uh, just after half nine uh, and, then, uh, and then finishes about 11. And then the race starts 5 p.m. on Saturday, July 2nd. Do not miss it. So Aisha, to wrap up the show, who's going to win the Marrakesh Epre? Jack, we got like less than a minute. Do you think it's enough? 
One word, one word. Okay, um, Marrakesh Epic. Since I'm a fan of Mitch Evans, I think I'm just going to go for him. Uh, I think he has won like a handful of like Epic. So I think I'm just going to go for Evans again. And Jaguar, even though I'm kind of worried with Samford falling down in the championships. So I think I'm just going to go with Evans uh, or else I'll see another brilliance of Eduardo Mortari showing up in a podium. I the longest so. one word in history, Pico. Oh. <laughs> Antonio Felix da Costa. Um, he won there last time out when we were in there in season six, I think. Uh, I think coming back here will be really interesting. But um, yeah, uh, honestly, it's Formula E, so... Uh, once again, who knows? Thank you so much, both of you. Aisha, you have been an absolute joy. It's been absolutely amazing listening to you and your insight on Jakarta. Thank you so much for coming on. And Pico, also, thank you so much for coming on as well. Right. Thank you so much for listening to the FEZ show. We will catch you after the Marrakesh E3. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>